Welcome to EEZO Summary Podcasts. These podcasts consist of brief reviews of scientific articles, research methodologies, or e-sessions. Hello, my name is Nicola Fusco. I'm a pathologist and I'm the director of BioBanford Translational Medicine Unit at the European Institute of Oncology in Milan, where I lead a research group focused on breast cancer translational research. I'm also Associate Professor of Pathology at the University of Milan and I participate in the School of Medicine, School of Pathology and the PhD program in Translational Medicine. My research is particularly focused on breast cancer and in particular on the discovery of novel breast cancer and testing strategies uh, using a molecular pathology approach and a predictive pathology approach. Today I'm going to discuss with you about the paper uh, that uh, I've authored together with Professor Giuseppe Viale on how to assess the residual disease from the pathology perspective after neoadjuvant treatment in breast cancer. This work has been uh, recently published in the Breast Journal and uh, the paper actually is an extended version of a lecture that we prepared for the last Sangalle International Breast Cancer Conference. So, uh, Replying to the first question, how do you recommend performing a gross examination of the surgical specimen after neoadjuvant treatment? First of all, it is extremely important to control the preanalytical phase. Indeed, post neoadjuvant treatment, surgical samples are best evaluated if received fresh in order to precisely measure the tumor bed, which is uh, the, the tissue encompassing the original tumor site. In this respect, the cold ischemia time and all the tissue processing steps uh, should be strictly monitored and traced. Macroscopic examination and sampling should be carried out only after double checking of the consistency of the information in the request form. Furthermore, all the lesions should be carefully described, mapped, measured and carefully sampled, possibly with the support of imaging data. According to the recommendation of the Breast International Group and the North American Breast Cancer Group uh, Committee, the tumor bed should be initially sampled with five blocks every one or two centimeters of tumor bed for a maximum of 25 blocks. If there's no evidence of residual tumor, the tumor bed has not been completely analyzed after a first round of sampling, it is advised to carry out additional sampling. In case of uh, partial pathologic response, the pathology report should include the histological uh, type, uh, size, and number of foci of residual neoplasms, presence and quantification of fibrosis, presence of lymph node uh, involvement, presence of lymph vascular invasion and extent of these features and in particular also of the introductory components along with the surgical margins in case of breast conserving surging are essential. Furthermore, the pathologic staging should be uh, performed according to the latest DNM edition and the residual neoplastic cellularity should be reported according to the residual cancer burden system. In our uh, work, we stress the fact that in case of uh, pathologic complete response, the pathology report should include the presence and amount of fibrosis and the presence, extent and features of any introductory component 
furthermore, also in this case, the status of the surgical ma uh, margins is essential and the pathologic staging should be also performed uh, according to the TNM uh, edition, the latest TNM edition. In case of complete lack of pathologic response, the pathologic not response, the pathology report uh, should follow the standard recommendation. Then we have the second question, what about retesting of the tumor biomarkers of the residual tumor? So, uh, first of all, changes in the hormone receptor and HER2 phenotype is not uncommon after neoadjuvant treatment, and this could be due to intratumor heterogeneity, selective pressure, and preanalytical and analytical variables. Uh, estrogen receptor conversion, more often from negative to positive, have been reported in 13% to 18% of cases, while HER2 change from positive to negative has been reported in less than 10% of cases, but there are also several lines of evidence to suggest that uh, approximately 50% of cases and 63% of cases treated with persuzumab uh, can experience this biological phenomenon. So, the conversion from R2 negative to uh, R2 positive, on the contrary, is a rare phenomenon, it's rarer, uh, and accounts for 3-4% of cases maximum. Um, finally, conversion of hormone receptor status may have a prognostic implication and cause uncertainty in the choice of post-surgical systemic treatment, particularly for the uh, estrogen receptor low cases, meaning those uh, showing a weak staining in less than 10% of the neoplastic cells. In this respect, the re-evaluation of biomarker is commonly recommended in case of triple negative status of the primary tumor or an equivocal status of pre-neoadjuvant therapy core biopsy. If the biopsy sample had sufficient invasive tumor cells, if core biopsies was performed in another institution, if a heterogeneous tumor or multiple tumors with different morphology are seen on resection and in case of absence of response. Of note, the morphological evaluation of tumor infiltrating lymphocytes, the TILS, in the postneoadjuvant treatment uh, residual disease setting, it is debated, it's true, but uh, is acquiring increasing importance. Third question, how do you assess sentinel lymph nodes after neoadjuvant treatment? Similar to primary cancer, lymph node metastasis can regress partially or totally. To spare an, an unnecessarily axillary lymph node dissection after neoadjuvant treatment, a sentinel lymph node biopsy is performed at the time of surgery. To reduce the false positive and uh, false negative rates, it is recommended that two or three sentinel lymph nodes are identified and removed together with the original positive node if it has been clipped. Immunosochemical analysis of sentinel lymph nodes for cytokeratins should be considered for patients with biopsy-proven not-positive disease who undergo sentinel lymph node biopsy. The pathology report in this case should include the presence and type of residual disease, for example, macro or micrometastasis or isolated tumor cells, along with the extracapsular extension of the metastatic deposits and fibrosis. It is still debated, however, whether the minimal uh, central lymph node involved, such as in case of isolated tumor cells of micrometastasis, should, be invariably, should invariably lead to additional axillary treatment. The, first, uh, the fourth and last question is 
Would you summarize the tumor staging after neoadjuvant treatment? Okay, so in the last 30 years, more than 15 different systems for categorizing neoadjuvant treatment response have been proposed. Overall, a number of parameters associated with distant disease-free survival and overall survival have been invariably included in the staging system, uh, including the size of the tumor after neoadjuvant treatment, number of positive lymph nodes and sides of the lymph node metastasis, histologic grade, uh, and all of the other parameters that we already discussed. The anatomical stage grouping uh, endorsed uh, by the 8th edition of the AGCC, AJCC is based on the TNM uh, staging system and includes only the size of the residual tumor, the number of positive lymph nodes and the sides of the lymph node metastasis. More comprehensive systems include clinical uh, pre-neoadvent treatment and pathological post-neoadvent treatment stages, along with the tumor grade, estrogen receptor status, ER2 status, and uh, um, bioscore staging system, or the tumor bed area, cellularity of residual invasive cancer, and also the KI67 labeling index, number of positive lymph nodes, and size of the larger metastasis. But in conclusion, we can say that the tumor stage should be uh, summarized after neoadjuvant treatment, but all of the pathological examination of these uh, uh, surgical samples and the pre-neoadjuvant uh, biotic samples requires a great collaboration among pathologists, of course, but um, most of all, uh, between the multidisciplinary team encompassing radiologists, surgeons, oncologists, and uh, also inside of the pathology lab, uh, this collaboration requires the involvement of uh, the pathology staff, but also the technicians and the biologists and molecular biologists. And uh, thanks for all of these interesting questions, and uh, uh, see you the next time. Thanks for joining us and don't forget to check out our other EEZO podcasts.